0: Welcome to the October Pensions Podcast from the Stevenson-Harwood Pensions Law Team. You can subscribe and listen on iTunes and Stitcher or by visiting our Pensions Hub at www.pensionshub.com. I'm Dan Bowman, a consultant in the Stevenson-Harwood Pensions Team, and I have with me Julia Cooper, uh, an associate in the team. Today, we're largely going to look at guidance issued by the Pensions Regulator and which sets out how it intends to use its new powers under the Pension Schemes Act 2021.
1: Thanks, Dan. Um, One set of new powers given to the regulator under the Pension Schemes Act 2021 relates to the two new criminal offences created by the Act. These are the offences of the avoidance of employer debt and conduct risking accrued scheme benefits. The very wide drafting of these offences has caused concern in the industry. They are potentially far-reaching and could cover not only sponsors and sponsor groups with defined benefit schemes, but also trustees, advisers and lenders. Against this background, the regulator has issued a criminal offences policy to provide guidance on when it will prosecute under the new criminal offences. The regulator tries to relay fears by explaining that it does not intend to prosecute ordinary commercial activities, but rather the most serious examples of intentional or reckless conduct. Having said that, the examples in the guidance itself may still cause some concern. Policy confirms that the offences can be committed by any person regardless of their connection or otherwise with the scheme or its sponsoring employer, although there is a carve out for someone acting within their function as an insolvency practitioner. In addition to anyone who commits an offence, a person can also be convicted if they help or encourage another to commit the primary offence without having a reasonable excuse for acting in the way that they did. The offences cannot be committed if a person has a reasonable excuse for acting in the way they did. In establishing if a person has a reasonable excuse, the regulator will look at the extent to which the detriment to the scheme was an incidental consequence of the act or omission, the adequacy of any mitigation provided to offset the detrimental impact, and where no or inadequate mitigation was provided, whether there was a viable alternative which would have avoided or reduced the detrimental impact. In addition, the regulator may consider the extent of communication and consultation with the trustees of the scheme before the Act took place. In the case of a person who owes fiduciary duties to the scheme, whether they complied with those duties when doing the Act or carrying out the course of conduct, and where a person was acting in a professional capacity, whether they acted in accordance with the applicable professional duties, conduct, obligations, and ethical standards. The regulator also sets out examples of where it would consider prosecuting advisors, including legal advisors, investment managers, actuaries, and accountants. Although the regulator states that it will not target usual commercial activity, it remains to be seen if the regulator's view of business as usual corresponds to that of the corporate reality of business dealings.
0: Thank you, Julia. The regulator's contribution notice powers were also expanded by the the Pension Schemes Act 21, and this was done by introducing two new tests under which the regulator can impose a contribution notice. The regulators now laid a revised Code of Practice No. 12 before Parliament and that provides detail about when it would look to exercise these expanded powers. The Code sets out some examples of behaviour and categorises these by whether the regulator would consider itself compelled to intervene and use its contribution notice powers. Examples of behaviour that would not normally be considered as compelling an intervention include poor trading by the employer, as a consequence of deteriorating market conditions, and the employer granting a first charge over some of its assets where appropriate mitigation is provided for the scheme, that would also not usually attract intervention. On the other hand, some examples given by the regulator of where it would intervene include where sponsor support becomes nominal or is reduced, and where an unscheduled repayment of an intercompany loan is made by an employer which is facing financial difficulty.
1: So the new powers provided to the regulator under the Pension Schemes Act 2021 give rise to potential situations where the regulator would have the power to impose both criminal and civil sanctions. As part of its consultation document on its proposed approach to enforcing its new powers, the regulator looks at this situation. It acknowledges that criminal sanctions are harsher, and this is reflected in the fact that while the criminal courts require offences to be proven beyond reasonable doubt, the regulator can use its regulatory and financial penalty powers if it is satisfied on the balance of probabilities. Where the regulator does intend to pursue both regulatory and criminal proceedings, it will usually exhaust criminal proceedings before seeking any regulatory remedy. However, it may pursue regulatory proceedings for a contribution notice first, or even in tandem with criminal proceedings, to address the harm to the scheme and to ensure that time limits for exercise of the contribution notice power are not exceeded. The regulator also notes that it may pursue criminal prosecution without pursuing a contribution notice. The policy also provides a framework for certain of the offences under the Pension Schemes Act 2021, where the regulator can impose a financial penalty not exceeding £1 million. To determine the level of fine to be imposed, the regulator sets out bans where the penalty payable will be referable to a degree of culpability of the actor who committed the offence and the degree of harm suffered by the scheme membership as a result.
0: Thanks, Julia. In a non-regulator related update, the FCA has published new rules uh, which came into force from 4th of October 2021 and these require new value for money assessments in relation to FCA-regulated pension products and services. The new FCA rules require both independent governance committees and governance advisory arrangements to assess and report on value for money through comparison with other market options and by taking account of costs and charges, investment performance, and services provided. And the first reports will be due at the end of September 2022. And these rules come alongside the new requirements for trustees of smaller, defined contribution occupational pension schemes to carry out a value for money assessment, including a comparison against three larger schemes.
1: Thanks, Dan. So, finally, for this month's podcast, the Regulator has updated its guidance on the treatment of default arrangements. Default arrangements are ones into which members' contributions are invested, but where members do not choose their own investments and schemes which are used for automatic enrolment must at least have one default arrangement. Issues have arisen in the past where members' investments have been mapped to new investments. And as a result, members have ended up investing in a fund which they have taken no active choice to invest in. The lack of member choice can result in the creation of a default arrangement. The new guide aims to put more flesh on the bones where certain funds with more illiquid assets temporarily close due to uncertainty in the market. This is known as gating and can lead to the creation of default arrangements, usually where trustees redirect scheme contributions into alternative funds until the gated fund reopens or reapply members' contributions when the gated fund reopens. In either case, trustees need to consider what members have been told both pre- and post-gating and what the terms were of the original consent given by members to investment of their contributions. The answers to those points will then dictate whether a new default arrangement has been created and what trustees need to do to address the position.
0: That's all for this month's podcast. Further details on these topics can be found in the October Pension Snapshot and our briefing on the pension schemes act 2021 both of which are available on our pensions hub at www.pensionshub.com you can listen to this podcast again and subscribe to the series on itunes or stitcher or on the pensions hub